The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Here we go. Great. So, hello, everyone. It's lovely to be with you, lovely to see you and be with you. So, so uh, I'd like to invite us just to sit together and and words will come out. A guided meditation, I'm sure, will materialize. And yeah, there's not so much I want to say um, about it ahead of time. Let's just sit together. It's so lovely to sit. I think that's what I've been thinking today. It's just so nice to sit and so nice to sit in community. It's so sweet to sit in community. So let's lean into that. And of course, I'll I'll be offering guidance. But yeah, maybe that's the framing for us to really appreciate what a gift it is to come together as a community from different places in the world and practice together. What a beautiful thing. So, so with that, let's land. <clears throat> let's land in our bodies. Let's arrive individually and together. Making this time as a respite from the busyness, the demands of the world, knocking on our door, tugging on our sleeve, we can say thank you. Thank you. I'll come back to you. Not now. Not now. I'm going to take this time alone in community to settle to nourish my heart, my mind, to come back to the center. Setting our intention at the outset for, for stability, for care, for peace. We're releasing what is not helpful right now. Feeling our feet on the earth the bottom of our feet. As if we were breathing in and out through the bottom of our feet, exchanging air, breaths with the earth. 
And if there is any heaviness, sadness, heaviness of the heart, can it be offered as an outbreath to the earth through our feet, the soles of our feet, in a loving exchange with the earth that supports us, houses us, is our home for a limited time. Same way that the trees exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide with the air. and are rooted, well-rooted into the earth, making nutrients, passing signals. Can we feel ourselves well-rooted through the earth in this moment? with each in and out breath. Taking a respite, taking a respite from everything external and the internal landscape of thoughts and stories. Just right now, for now, putting them down, not throwing them away, but gently, ever so gently, putting them down. To just be. Just be released into simple being. Such an act of care, nourishment, 
Mitte. So simple and so profound. We don't have to figure anything out. Trust that you don't have to think about it. Let the silence be the elixir.
Let us embrace. Silence. Outside, as much as it's available. Silence between the sounds, perhaps in the environment. The healing power of silence inside. Nothing has to be said or solved or figured out. The silence between the thoughts. Relaxing into the silence. This healing. Caring. Warm. Peaceful silence. As much as it's available. Don't be in contention. Gently putting things down. The metta, care, peace of silence.
And we allow silence to feel like a comforting blanket. To relax into it. Offer our thoughts, ruminations. Do it. Put them on the altar of silence for a limited time, for a little while. And silence be our good friend, caring friend, holding with holding witness, bearing witness, patiently to whatever challenge might be happening internally, externally, in the body, in the heart space, in the mind space. 
and the silence be holding it with us. No, no, it's all right. Transforming in our minds and our hearts silence to an active, caring witness, participant. Expanding and supporting our heart.
as we bring this practice period to a close. Releasing offering, offering up into silence any thoughts of judgment perhaps for what happened or did not happen. There was a lot of internal dialogue. It's okay. It's all right. We incline our hearts and minds and we let go of the rest, trusting you have planted seeds. Seeds of goodness and together offering in silence the seeds of goodness we've planted to all beings everywhere, including ourselves. May we all be free. May we all be happy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for your practice. So the metta, the care, the healing power of sitting together in silence and seeing, perhaps cognizing silence as this comforting blanket that we can offer up the thoughts and narratives and heartache and just to it's a witness to think of it as bearing witness with kindness, without judgment, like a loving friend. But whatever we say or however we feel doesn't disapprove, just listens, just listens, offer silence, offer silence back. So can we bring that, bring this sense, conjure up silence as this holding, all accepting of whatever is happening. <clears throat> So I'd like to invite us to explore in small groups the healing, the supportive power of silence, metta, silence and metta intertwined. And you might find that in the small groups, maybe there will be a lot of silence. And that's perfectly fine. It's actually can be quite profound to be in a caring space, silent with others. And maybe at first you feel the, the social, oh my God, we're in a social situation. Usually when I'm in a breakout group, I have to say something, but feel that and offer perhaps that discomfort, social discomfort to, to silence and just lean into it with love and care and offer other silence. And if words want to come as to, well, I'm exploring silence right now as a gift to myself and to you. I realize through speaking, I'm breaking the silence, and it's okay. That feels good, too. There's silence holding the words. You know, you can explore, for example, in this way, I'm trying to model what an exploration in a small group might look like. Or you just hold silence. So, again, my invitation is to Treat silence as a witnessing with care, with metta, 
not just blank silence, but feeling into silence as a caring, as a as a witness, as again, as this patient friend who's holding witness with silence, not not disapproving silence, but loving silence. There's nothing that needs to be said. So treating silence in that way, it's a different relationship than many of us might have with silence, thinking of it as boring or foreboding or, ah, but what if we shift our relationship and find comfort and peace in silence, internally, externally? It's an invitation, may not work for you, but explore it, explore it. So, so in the breakout rooms, um, the invitation is to, um, if you wanted to speak, it would be uh, reverse. Uh, no, let's just do alphabetical order. It would be alphabetical order, <clears throat> according to first name. And you can say pass, or you can just hold silence, and the next person might say pass or hold silence or say something as we have exploration of this relationship, of this practice tonight. Uh, not stories from your life, but just this practice tonight, right here, right now. Stay very close to your practice. No questions, no, um, yeah, no crosstalk, giving advice. Just stay with your own experience, going round and round, maybe in silence. Okay, explore. This is this is a sandbox. This is a sandbox, and if. Silence makes you uncomfortable. Great. Lean into it more. See what it feels like to be uncomfortable. Don't don't just rush in to fill up the silence. Don't. We do that so often in our lives. So this this might turn out to be a revolutionary practice. Have fun with it. All right. Opening the rooms. Here we go. Okay, everybody's back. Mm, welcome back, everyone. So we have a little bit of time for uh, reflections, if you like, questions, comments, complaints, especially if you haven't spoken recently. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And also the chat is open if you type your reflections or questions to me privately. I will only read what you're typed, not your name. And um, if it if you type it to everyone, then I'll read your name as well to acknowledge you. You. Oops, try again. I, yeah. I, I think I'm on good now. Well, thank you again. Uh, we had a lovely breakout room. We we had some long moments of silence, and then um, we did. So we had some uh, reflection on on uh, on what's the difference between noise and music, and then <laughs> we uh, and then we tried to just stop talking and listen to the silence and um and i found out that there was no silence um 
where I am, I could hear a fan in my room and I'm near an open window and I heard a humming sound. I didn't know what it was, but it turned out after a couple of minutes to be an approaching airplane. And, um, and it was really quiet, but there was no silence. So it was a lovely breakout room. Thank you, Nikki. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing the report of your breakout room. I'm so delighted how together you decided to be silent and listen, etc. And then when you're talking about, um, I have to say, when you said, oh, I listened and there was no silence in my um, in my space. I, um, there, I think you said there was, what? You said there was something but not silence. What did you say? There was um, like a humming sound. No, no, there was a synonym used for silence, which I actually really appreciate. That's what I wanted to to tune into. So, so, so here's, here's a thought to consider here. So there is silence and this is silence that's holding everything. It's holding the hum of the fan and the sound of the cars or whatever might be. There's silence all around, all through. It's silent. So you can listen to the silence, even if Mm. there is noise. Mm-hmm. And and as I was leading the meditation, I was listening to the silence here. And, you know, there are noises outside and outside my window. It's like, but yeah, there's silence. It's silence is, is holding everything. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you. Yeah. Violet, please. Hey. Um, I was on a bus the entire meditation, so definitely not so much silence. Um, but it reminded me of a meditation you did must be years ago now about tinnitus and like ringing in your ears. And you were like, imagine the ringing in your ears is like the sound of angels talking to you. Um, and so I was trying to, yeah, I was just sort of feeling the, the silence as the silence or lack thereof is like the supportive friend that's like always like present and it's like silence or not silence. Like both of those things can like stand in as that like supportive friend. So it was very nice. And I enjoyed not feeling like I was in a hurry on the bus. I was like, this is fine. Oh, this is so sweet. Thanks for sharing this, Violet. It just makes my heart so happy to hear your practice report. It's as if I was on the bus with you and just chilling and enjoying not being in a hurry and hearing the sound of angels and all the cacophony. Very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Mary, please. I think I'm unmuted now. Um, I had the sense that silence was holding the space and the voices were just, our sharing was just a different kind of silence in a certain way. And I, I shared a story from when I was a Zen practitioner many, many years ago And the Roshi talked about when he was in Japan studying with a great master, he went on a 
train ride, speaking of buses, he went on a six-hour train ride to see an old friend of the Roshis. And when they got there, they were together for several hours, and they hardly spoke. And on the train ride back, he turned to his teacher and he said, we went all that way, six hours, and you hardly spoke. And his teacher just said, we were giving our hearts a chance to entwine. And um, I must have heard that like 50 years ago, but I've never forgotten it. And it's still so powerful because in silence, I feel like that that has more of a chance to happen. Mm. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Mary. How beautiful. Thanks so much for bringing the story into the space. Love it. Ah, in silence, our hearts have the chance to entwine. Beautiful. Ah, yay. Thank you for that. Mm. And Ruth, I see your hand, please. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. That was a beautiful, beautiful story you told, Mary. Um. I remember the first time I heard silence, I was maybe 15 or 16, and I was hiking above Multnomah Falls in Portland, Oregon, outside Portland, Oregon. And I just stood there, and I could hear, I I heard the silence. It blew my mind away. I'd never, I mean, it was like I could really hear silence. And um, the first time I went on a Buddhist retreat, it was a silent retreat, and I felt like I was home. So I I really love the silence. Um, so yeah. I thank you so much for this. Thank you. Meditation. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the, the deep silence you speak of. Yeah. So it can so healing. It can take our breath away, as you said. You were, you heard it for the first time when you were a teenager. It just my words, not yours, but essentially stopped it. Stopped in your tracks. Wow, this is deep silence. This is this is different. Yeah, lovely. And and also this. Um, what what I'm also appreciating in both what you shared and others shared, whether on a bus or or in different environments, or whether in a group in a room where folks are sharing. Yes, there's this deep silence that's beyond silence. There's a deep silence that's beyond the our our concept of silence. So that's what we're tuning into. That's this deep, deep healing that can be available anywhere. And if there are cars passing and fans blowing, all of that. Yeah. Thank you all. Um reflections in chat jennifer said our group was so beautiful with honoring both silence and wise sharing lovely and one question to me privately i feel i'm so addicted to the sittings evening and morning and other sessions at imc isn't this an attachment slash greed and I look for extension of this sangha in real world, which is making me limit my social circles as I look for deep connection. Is this a bad outcome of my practice of not accepting what is? Ah, such an interestingly complex question. 
So a few things I would say. <clears throat> so it's really a two-part question, and it might be relevant for others as well. So I'll, the first part, feeling addicted to the sittings, evening and morning, um, is this attachment or greed. First, I would say, um, because a couple of answers. One is, if it's a greed or attachment, is a pretty good one to have compared to the other ones because it's a wholesome, it's a wholesome attachment to to cultivation, to practice, to deepening. So, so in that way, I'm, I think in tongue in cheek way of saying that if it's really a love for practice, it's not a greed or attachment. Now, if there is this sense of compulsiveness that actually some people can develop and, and have about their practice, or the sense of shoulding or guilt or I have to, I must sit, and this tightness that can become associated with it, then it's becoming a source of suffering, not a source of liberation. So, so feel into what the energy is. Is it uplifting? Is it supportive? Is it compulsive? You know, what it what is it? So and only you can tell. I can't. And feel for yourself what how much of it is really supportive and, and wholesome and how much of it is um not. So I'll let that part be if that's feel if that feels enough for that part and you can let me know in chat privately if that seems sufficient enough or you can put a follow up question. And the second part of the question is looking for an extension of the sangha in real world, or real world, which makes me limit my social circles as I look for deep connection. Ah, this is a very interesting question. Something that can actually naturally happen is that after we have a sense of um, deep connection in small groups, for example, with folks, like-hearted folks, then we become less tolerant of of social situations that are either you know that they, they they don't quite meet our hearts they feel like a waste of time um they don't um uh, you know they're not aligned with our values and our social social circles could change and and if it's our family we can continue to love them and spend time with them and yet no um not judge them and and yet realize that yes there are spiritual friendship that that we also need in our lives so and this is a natural thing that often happens for people to um you know their friendships start to shift and change and i've heard of people I'm not saying this is the case for you who are maybe spending time with people who are drinking and you know i don't know gambling and and just engaging with things that didn't appeal to them anymore so the social circles start to shift and change so and yet again if it has to do with with your family and people you're deeply connected and and care for you can continue to care for them um and also know that that different um social um connections deep connections are what your heart is needing right now okay that was a lot to say and we've reached 7 p.m. You are very welcome to the person who asked that question. Um, yeah. <laughs> Two last reflections. Uh, sound of silence. I think it was in BG's, Claire. I think that was um, uh, Simon Garfunkel. But yes, yeah, sound of silence. Because I was thinking about that when I was leading the meditation too. And Megan says, silence feels like a safety for me. Yeah. 
rumination in the silence. Mm, yeah, so that that could be. Um, oh, I'll not helpful to ruminate. That's not that's not a helpful uh, thing. Gosh, comments are continuing. Okay, last one. Neil gets the last word. Meditation has made some of my old friends start to feel like old sneakers. The feel they feel so warm and comfortable as long as I don't have to walk too far in them or wear them all the time. Well said, Neil. Okay, well done. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to um, let Neil's final words stand. Well done. Thank you all. Thank you for your practice. May your practice be a cause and condition. Or for freedom, wisdom, compassion, or well-being for all beings everywhere, including ourselves. Thanks, everyone. I'm going to ask you to unmute yourselves for our cacophonous goodbye, Neil's favorite part. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.